0: Amen. Thank you again for joining us this morning. Open up your copy of Scripture to Colossians chapter 2. I've been praying for you a lot this week, and as I was praying for you, I was reminded of a flight that my family recently took to Los Angeles, California. It's a three and a half hour flight. Three hours of that three and a half hour flight were filled with turbulence, and that's the reason I don't like to fly. I don't like bumping up and down, left and right. I want a smooth flight, but this flight was the opposite of that. And the thing that was incredibly annoying about that turbulence is there is nothing good to hang on to on an airplane. You can't grab onto the seat in front of you because those people don't want your hands by their head. Uh, You only are given one armrest in which you have to share with the people next to you. There's just nothing good to hang on to. And that's the way that I feel a little bit right now. A lot of the things that we normally hold on to for steadiness and strength have been stripped away from us. Even with the the virus, uh, many of us are thinking, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy. Even if I get this, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But a couple of days ago, the stock market starts to go down and the price of oil starts to go down. And now suddenly, even though we weren't worried about our health, now we are worried about our jobs. There's nothing good to hold on to. But thankfully, we are not the first people To experience this kind of turbulence. In fact, the Apostle Paul was sitting in a very similar situation. He wrote the book of Colossians housebound. Uh, We're housebound because of uh, a virus. He was housebound because of the Roman Empire and their, uh, their prison system, but he has some words. The eternal abiding inspired word of God that will be something in these turbulent days that we can hold on to. So let's look together. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. A few things I would love for you to write down this morning. Number one, This is what we can hold on to. Be reminded of when you confessed Jesus as Lord. Verse 6, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, he's encouraging them to to remember. Hey, guys, remember what the situation, the circumstance was when you first confessed that Jesus was Lord of everything. Remember the culture that Paul and these first readers are, are living in. They're living in a, 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 an era of kingdoms where you could go to sleep one night, and you could wake up the next morning with an army of another kingdom surrounding you, and you You used to give allegiance to this king, but now you've got to give allegiance to this other king. The Roman Empire is spreading and and conquering lands throughout the world at this time. And so Paul is saying, hey, remember when you used to give your loyalty and allegiance to someone or something else, but now we have come to understand that Jesus is Lord over everything. Go back to that time. Remember when you confessed Jesus as Lord for me, I grew up in church, and so thankfully I've had many opportunities over the course of my life to, to hear the truth that Jesus is king over everything. The one I go back to most often, I was a young teenager. My church had sent teenagers away to a, a church camp, and you can imagine during the day we're doing things like bows and arrows and canoeing, and in the evening we would come together. It was a metal building, and we would do a real similar to what we're doing this morning. There would be a time of singing, there would be some prayer, and there would be a time of, of open the scripture. And and so my group was sitting on the back row, just as we had done every night before that. We're sitting in a metal folding chair and we're singing the songs. Uh, Some people were praying. And then the the teacher for the week, he got up and I don't remember very much about him, except for he had a very thick uh, mustache. And he set his Bible down on the podium, just as he had done the other nights before that. But this time when he opened it up, something happened to me in, in that back row. I can't really put words to it, but all the truth that I had learned in church that was somewhere in the back of my mind rushed to the front of my mind, and I knew at that point, Jesus is Lord. So I want you to do something that may feel a little bit awkward, uh, but if you're with some people this morning, I I want you to push pause, and I want you to share with one another, when did you first confess Jesus as Lord? And if you're by yourself, I want you to put pause on the broadcast and just think for a second. What was the circumstance and situation? Where were you? What was happening in your life when you first acknowledged that Jesus was King and Lord over your life? And and once you're done sharing that or thinking about that, then just push on pause and uh, rejoin the broadcast. The second thing that I want you to write down Live your life for Christ. This is what we can hold on to in this turbulent time. Live your life for Christ. Verse 6, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Live your life in Christ. Paul says, if Jesus is your Lord, then act like it. Your version, your translation of the Bible may say, um, so walk in Christ. The picture is you walking with Christ, and when you come to a fork in the road, uh, you don't just do what feels right or feels natural. You stop and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. I'm on this journey with you. Uh, Which way are you going? Christ, are you going to the right or are you going to the left? Because whichever direction you're going, that's the way I want to go. You know what's interesting is most of us live our lives on a set of train tracks. That's the difference between uh, trains and cars and trucks. A car or truck can go any direction at any time. But a train is um, stuck on its rails, and it only goes um, in one direction. And we live on... Those rails, we wake up in the morning and we have our morning routine and then we go and do work either outside the home or inside the home, but we have a routine there. We come home, some of us sit in traffic, we get home, then we've got the family activities or we've got personal activities and then we end up with our head hitting the pillow at night. And because we've lived in that train track mentality, most of us give very little thought to Jesus is Lord. But we have an incredible opportunity right now Because the train tracks have been torn up. The train has been derailed this last couple of weeks. What would it look like for us to rebuild our lives with the ability to acknowledge, Jesus, you are king of this moment. You are king of this hour. You are Lord of this whole day. And I want to be mindful of that. From the morning My head gets up off the pillow to in the evening when it rests back on the pillow. So I want you to stop, push pause again, and this time pray. God, would you give us a greater awareness that Jesus is Lord today and every day? And will you help me be more and more mindful in how I'm living, that I'm living in Christ? So stop for a second, uh, pray uh, by yourself, pray with the people that you're watching this with, and then hit unpause and we'll continue. The third thing that I want you to write down, something we can hold on to, be rooted and built up by Christ. Verse six, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. So the picture is something going down and something going out. There's a building process. You know, that's a really uh, troubling thing right now is everything seems to be being stripped away from us. Our health Uh, potentially stripped away, our jobs stripped away, our normal patterns stripped away. But here it says that Christ wants to build. He may be the only thing, uh, the only person, the only uh, person in your life with a building plan to add on to your life. He wants to build. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He has a building plan for your life. There's a building up and out, and there's roots going down deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, Last fall, we had a mum on our front porch, and when the season transitioned from fall to Christmas, I took that mum and I planted it in our backyard. And so all uh, winter, it's sort of been dormant in our backyard, and and as spring has started to come and warmer temperatures and things coming back to life, I've been watching it to see if it would, uh, would bloom again, and it didn't. And so uh, I went to take it up out of the ground, and the crazy thing was is I picked it up. I didn't have to even use a shovel. It just came right up out of the ground, and it was still in the shape of the original pot that it had been in. Its roots had never gone into the actual soil. When the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to be rooted in Christ the, the, the picture is that the roots would go down deep. They would spread out so that no matter what happens above the soil, we are secure. And my guess is, is that we are finding out right now, each of us personally, whether you're a pastor or a regular person, we are each finding out right now if we are rooted in Christ. If you're just carrying the shape of the pot we call church, that's not going to be enough. If you're just in the shape of the pot called, my parents had faith, that's not going to be enough. Are are your roots going down deep? In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus told a parable about what would keep our roots from flourishing. And in that parable, he says that if you have a hard heart, the seed of God's word goes into your heart, but it, it remains on the surface. It doesn't go down in the soil, and the evil one comes and steals it away. Also, the seed of God's word could go uh, into your life, but because it's rocky, um, when trouble comes, um, there, there, there's no life to the plant. It, it just withers and dies. And then also the, 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 the seed can be choked out by the worries and cares of this world. Right? But, but Christ wants to make sure that your roots go down deep and you are built up. So I want you to push pause right now And I want somebody in your room, if you're together with with each other or if you're alone, uh, to read Matthew chapter 13. Read Jesus' parable of the sower and the seed and then stop and pray, uh, God, would you make my life good soil uh, so that my roots do go down deep? And when you finished with Matthew chapter 13 and, uh, and prayer, then hit unpause and we'll continue on. The fourth thing, that I want you to write down this morning, and we're coming close to the end, is to find strength in the faith. Find strength in the faith. Verse six, So then, just as Christ, you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Notice he doesn't say be strengthened in your faith would be strengthened in the faith because your faith may not be very strong right now. Uh, My faith may not be very strong right now, but we're not finding strength from looking within. We're looking up to Christ. We are looking to the faith. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the heart of that faith. Verse 3, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. This is the heart of the faith, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised again, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to many witnesses. We want to find our strength in that. Not just our experience of it, but strength in that faith. And a specific kind of strength we need, I think, it's a strength to be focused on today. There are so many predictions out there. This is what next week is going to be like. This is what it's going to be like a month from now. This is what it's going to be like six months from now. Here's what the economy is going to be next week. Here's what the economy is going to be. Here's what the job market is going to be. There are so many predictions out there. And when I let my mind start going to those what ifs, it's very unsettling. But I want strength and resolve. You want strength and resolve to be wise about tomorrow, but to be concerned about today. This is what Jesus means when he says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries for itself. I want somebody to stop. I want you to push pause. And somebody, uh, if you're with somebody, if you're alone, I want you to stop and pray, God, would you give me strength from the faith, the faith that stood the test of time? Would you give me strength in that faith right now? And finally, number five, we want to overflow with gratitude. Verse six, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. I think for most of us, uh, this experience this last week uh, or so is, is reminding us of Hurricane Harvey when we were chained to our houses for a few days then Uh, During uh, Hurricane Harvey, uh, we had the opportunity to watch the Cypress Creek rise and rise and rise and rise. Our house is not too far from it. And I I remember the day that it it overflowed its banks. And that's the picture that the Apostle Paul is using here, that our gratitude would well up, well up, well up, that it would overflow its banks. Now, you might say, well, this is a a really kind of terrible time to start practicing gratitude. But remember where the Apostle Paul is writing this letter from. Uh, he, he's not writing it from the Ritz-Carlton. Uh, he, he, he's not writing it uh, on, on a, some beach in Hawaii. He, he's writing it um, in prison uh, under house arrest. And from that house arrest, he says, let your gratitude overflow. Let it be abundant. Let it spill out. So I want you to push Pause. And I want you to, if you're alone, to start making a list, top 10 lists. Here are the top 10 things that I'm grateful for right now. If you're watching this uh, broadcast with other people, I want you to take a second and each share a couple of things. Uh, This is what I'm grateful for right now. Let your gratitude overflow its banks. These are turbulent times. And most of the things that we find ourselves gripping to to make us feel steady normally have been taken away from us. But as long as we still have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and the preserved Word of God for us, we have more than enough to make us feel steady. And the Apostle Paul encourages us from his own housebound arrest to be reminded of when you first confessed Jesus as Lord to live your life in Christ, to be rooted and built up in Christ, to find your strength in the faith, not your faith, but in the faith, and let your gratitude overflow its banks. Thank you again for joining us this morning. Uh, we finish all of our gatherings by praying for one another. Um, and, uh, and so I want to do that today. And so if, if you wouldn't mind right now, just taking 30 seconds, and would you pray for your brothers and sisters here at Bayou City Fellowship? Uh, you can imagine what the needs are um, specifically at this time. And so let's do that right now. Um, pray for our church family. And then we also finish all of our gatherings by standing up. And we normally grab hands, but we can't grab hands uh, because of COVID-19. So virtually we're linking up. And let's say the Lord's Prayer together as we leave. Will you say it out loud uh, with me wherever you are? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining in.